The Detroit Pistons season just ended, and here we are already talking about next season. How much better should you guys expect the Detroit Pistons to get next season? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We are now just 30 subscribers away from 5K. We're in a race with the rest of the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm trying to get towards the top. I'm right behind uh, Lockdown Blazers. Help us pass up. The Locked On Blazers account help us get to 5K, so please hit that subscribe button, or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with Game Time. Um, in today's episode, we will be talking about the exit interviews uh, that we got. On the 10th of April from a lot of the Pistons players, we heard from Kay Cunningham. Uh, we'll talk about all that a little bit later. And then obviously later, if you're looking at the screen on the YouTube channel, if you're not on YouTube, um, later on in the podcast, the last segment, I want to get some playoff predictions. That's going to be a little bit NBA-centric instead of just Piston-centric, but I figured that would be cool. So let's get some playoff predictions out there in the comment section down below. Um, but first, first thing I want to talk about is the Pistons year-to-year turnaround to next year. And there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about on the podcast over the next few weeks. There's so much stuff that's going on. you got the lottery coming up. We obviously have to get into the draft some more. We definitely will be soon. You have to get into more of the uh, the head coaching candidates. We'll get, dive even further into those guys. We have, obviously have to do season recaps. Like, There's so much stuff we're going to be talking about on the podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys are staying tuned um, for the podcast. But the first thing that I want to talk about, the first episode outside of the season the reason why I decided to do the year-to-year turnaround is because I was scrolling on Twitter, and our very own Richard Stamen, our draft guy with Locked On, he tweeted out this, and I saw it, and I was like, you know what, this is something I want to talk about on the podcast today. And he tweeted out the biggest win jumps from last year to this year. Number one was the Sacramento Kings. They won 18 more games than last year. OKC won 16 more. That was second. Orlando won 12 more. That was third. The Lakers won 10 more. That was fourth. And the Knicks won tenth more. So Knicks and Lakers tied for fourth. Those are the top five win jumps from last year to this year. So I bring that up to say this. A lot of people already, and things can change. Like, obviously, we're one day into the offseason. So many things can change. You get Wemby. You can make trades. You can make big signings. Like, so many things can change from now until next season. But overall, seeing a team jump 20-plus wins is just not realistic, and it doesn't happen very often at all. It's hard to do that. 20-plus wins, it's just you just don't see it. The Sacramento Kings, who are the third seed in the Western Conference right now, they added what's going to be an all-NBA center to their team in Sabonis, and they didn't even get the 20 wins. So expecting the Pistons to go from 17 wins to 40 wins, it's just not realistic when you look at it from that standpoint. The, the, again, the highest win jump from last year to this year was Sacramento, and they added an all-NBA guy. So it, it's tough to look at that 
And then if you look throughout the history, I believe the Boston Celtics in 2008 had the biggest win jump, 37 wins, but that's when they added Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. That's the most ever in a season. But overall, you just don't see that many, that big of a jump. I mean, let me take that back. You do see big jumps. 18 wins is a big jump. 10 wins is a big jump. But to go from 17 wins to 40 wins, that that is pretty rare stuff and just unrealistic. Now, the positive though, there's a positive way you can spin this. The negative way is to look at it is like, okay, 17 wins, expecting them to get 20 plus wins just isn't realistic. So that means they're probably going to win around 32 to 35 games. That's more realistic to see it. That's probably the more negative way to looking at it. I already had a few of you guys say that, hey, if the Pistons are next year's uh, Orlando Magic like they were this year, I, we'd be happy with that. I've had a few of you guys say that. So maybe that maybe that's not even that negative. But if you wanted to spin it in an even po- more positive route, the Pistons did win 17 games, yes. But Cade was out this entire season. They dealt with injuries this entire season. Uh, they sat Bojan. They sat Burks. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, I know he missed the majority of the end of the season. We're going to talk about some of the things he said later on in the exit interviews. I don't know if he actually could have played if the Pistons weren't just tanking. But he didn't play the majority of the end of the season. They sat a lot of their impact players down to the final 20-plus games of this season. So am I saying that to say this, that the Pistons would have been a play-in team if they played everybody, if Cade was healthy? No. They would have been a really bad team nonetheless. I think they would have probably finished with top three odds either way. No matter what happened, I think they would have been towards the top of the draft. Either way, this team was not very good. The roster construction was not very good. Lineups didn't make sense. And there was no amount of saving Kay Cunningham could have done for this team. However, I bring all that up to say this. Would they have been a 17-win team if Kay played all year? With Boyan actually playing all year? And guys not being hurt the entire... So many injuries happening the entire year? No, they probably wouldn't have been a 17-win team. They probably would have been... I don't know, maybe 21 wins, 21, 22, 23, somewhere around there. I could have seen that, 21, 22, 23, somewhere like that. That could have happened. So then if you look at it like that, okay, the Pistons actually could have won that amount of wins. Now add the plus 10, plus 12, plus 13, 14. And now it's not looking like so much of a stretch that the Pistons could get to 36 wins, 37 wins, which I think a lot of fans would be happy with. I don't think the, the mandate for next season is 40 plus wins or it's over. No, you need to see a drastic improvement, I believe. You need to be competing for the play-in. But if you're looking at it from just a 17-win mark, that would be saying, like, you need to win 20-plus wins. That would be extremely hard to do. But I think you actually should look at it this season from the Pistons, from their win total when looking at, like, year-to-year turnarounds from teams. I don't think this team actually was a 17-win team. I don't think it was a 30-win team. But I think they actually were around 22, 23 wins. So then if you just take like a, like, let's take the fifth place. Who, who was, it was the Lakers and Knicks. You add 10 wins to that, that's 33 wins right there. That's probably the, at the back end of what even the, 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 the least optimistic fan would accept. But even if you go plus 12 wins, like the Magic. Like people, I've seen many Pistons fans say, hey, if we can just be next year's Orlando Magic, we'd be cool. You go, you go plus 12 wins there. Let's say this team actually was a 23-win team. Now you're looking at 35-plus wins. And that's definitely a team that will be in the play-in race, maybe even make the play-in. So there's a, there's a more negative way you can look at it, like I laid out at the beginning. But the overall point is, should you expect the Pistons to win 20-plus more wins the next, next year? Probably not. That's just It's insanely hard to do. Can they be next year's Orlando Magic? Can they stack on 12 wins to what would have been an actually like 22-win season? Yeah, I think they can do that. So looking at how 
the wind jumps happen. Oh, I'm sorry. I hit my mic. That probably just rang in your guys' ears. I'm so sorry. Um, if you take, like, the Orlando Magic, do plus 12 wins, I think it's reasonable to expect the Pistons to say, at least at this moment, we don't know what additions they're going to make. It could change. But at this very moment, the first day after offseason, after looking at the jumps from teams from last year to this year, I think 12 wins is reasonable to expect, and that would get to Pistons to around 35 wins. If you are also with me in assuming that if Cade played all year and Boyan didn't sit the last 20 games, they could have won around 23 wins or 23 games. So I think 35 wins is pretty reasonable at this moment. And that's not that wouldn't be a 20-plus win increase, a near 20-plus in, increase if you just look at the raw win-loss. So let me know what you guys think about it. What are your guys' after the very first day of offseason? It literally, the season just ended. After talking about the, the win jumps from last year to this year with the teams I just named and how many wins it was that they jumped and talking about how this team would have been a little bit better with Cade and Boyan playing. Maybe not tremendously better, but a little bit better. Add a few more wins. How many wins do you guys think is reasonable to expect the Pistons to get next season? Again, you can change your opinion. I'm not going to be holding you guys to it. Very early things can change. But let me know what you guys' very early predictions is for wins next year from the Detroit Pistons in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, we heard from Kay Cunningham. We heard from Isaiah Stewart. We heard from James Wiseman. We heard from Jaden Ivey. We got a bunch of exit interviews, and we had some interesting quotes from this day. We're going to talk about what we heard coming up. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over to the tickets and getting hyped for the fun that you will have. If you there's a Tigers game that you're trying to get to and it's the day of, and you're like, oh my god, I gotta get some last second tickets. You can go to Game Time; they'll hook you up. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, images of seat views, easy to find, and buy tickets for every coming event in your area. Game Time is the place for you. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed with game time. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I'm going to say it again. We're just 30 subscribers away from 5K subscribers. So if you haven't already or if you're one of the 50% of people who are watching on YouTube and haven't hit that subscribe button, I'm going to ask you again, please hit that subscribe button. Um... Exit interviews, super interesting. We heard a lot of stuff. Uh, we got to hear from the face of the franchise, Kay Cunningham. He said a few things that were really interesting. But 
the overall thought that I got from the exit interviews that I wanted to come on here and talk about. Um, I felt like I needed to come on here and say this. On the last episode, in the last segment, I asked you guys the question. Does Dwayne Casey deserve to have a front office position? Did he earn a front office position? Because he didn't win much with the team. They didn't get a playoff win. They, they, they haven't had much success at all. So I asked the question, does Dwayne Casey actually deserve a front office position? I'd say the majority of the comments that I got was, yes, uh, he was a great mentor. He, he was, you know, he's a great role model for the young guys, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that was the majority of the, um, of the answers. But also we had some answers that were like, no, he didn't win anything. He shouldn't be really getting a front office position. But I'd say the majority of them said that he should. After hearing the quotes, oh, and also, if you didn't listen to the last episode, um, I said I didn't know if he did, if he deserved it. Uh, I said that I felt like that was something they should have reserved for guys who really make an impact on the organization win-loss-wise and, and contribute something. So that's where I was. However, after listening to all of the, the exit interviews and seeing some of the things that these players said about Dwayne Casey, I completely understand why they decided to keep him around in the front office. It makes sense to me. It's not too big of a deal. It's, again, as long as he's not making like big decisions or helping make big decisions with, with Troy Weaver, um, simply having him around sounds like it would be a big deal for a lot of these young guys. A lot of these young guys really like him, really respect him. So I completely get why they'd like to have him around and move him up into the front office. Just to read some, some quotes about Dwayne Casey from some of the guys. This was Isaiah Stewart. He said, Coach Casey has had a huge impact on this group. To have him as a first coach, it was a blessing. He knew how to work with us. He allowed us to make mistakes and play through them. To have that in your first three years in the league, that's an absolute blessing. Um, Kay Cunningham went on to talk about how it was sad to hear that he was uh, that Dwayne Casey, excuse me, that Dwayne Casey would not be here any longer. He said, quote, it was one of those moments, man. Change is coming. It was tough on everybody, but more than anything, I was happy he's still going to be around to talk to, to have his presence around. I enjoyed Coach Casey. He knows so much about the game. He's seen so much. Um, and you got some other quotes from some other guys. But I think as you're seeing these quotes and seeing what these guys have to say about them, about Dwayne Casey in their exit interview, it makes complete sense why the team would want to keep him around in the front office. These guys obviously very much respect him and value his opinion and value how much he impacted their careers in the short amount of time he was with them, two two years, three years. Um, they really do value him. So I, I just want to come on here and clear that up, that after hearing this, I completely understand why um, they decided to bring him into the front office. I, have, I, I don't really have any issue with it. Um, anyways, though, just some interesting tidbits that we saw or we heard from the exit interviews. Um, so we heard from Marvin Bagley. We heard from Isaiah Stewart. We heard from Jalen Duran. We heard from Cade. We heard a little... Actually, I don't believe we heard from... Did we hear from Ivy? I'm pretty sure we did. We heard from Ivy. Um, and we heard from Isaiah Livers. The most interesting... Yeah, we heard from Ivy. Um, I, I think I said Jalen Dern. I, I might have gotten hung up there. But yeah, we heard from Jalen Dern as well. But the most interesting thing I heard... Most interesting thing I heard from this, this exit interviews... It was something that Kay Cunningham said. It was actually two things that he said. The first thing he said was, quote... I'm blessed and super proud that I was drafted here, and this is the team I get to play for. To have a fan base like that, they deserve to have a winning team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And that was something that we've actually talked about on the podcast, or something we we maybe touched on on the podcast a few episodes ago when talking about the attendance for the Detroit Pistons. Now, if you go by um, percentages, percentage filled of the stadium, the Pistons are actually down towards the bottom a little bit. They're at the 22nd. 
uh, or 24th in the NBA. 91.1% of their stadium is filled. However, that's because their stadium is bigger than most of the stadiums in the NBA. If you go at just the average amount of people that showed up to each game, it's 12th in the NBA. Cade went on to talk about how he goes when they would go on the road to some other teams that don't have a lot of fans and, and people aren't showing up. You'd see empty stadiums. You'd see not much, not a lot of energy. He said every time at LCA he felt it and it makes him even more proud to be a part of this team. So I want to give you guys a ton of credit for all you guys who went to these games, supported this team while they were losing. It makes an impact, especially unlike the franchise player with Kay Cunningham. He didn't have to come out and mention that, but he did. And I really do believe that the 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 type of reception that he's had since joining the Pistons, the amount of support he's had and his crew and his teammates, but more importantly, Kate and his crew has had since arriving in Detroit and seeing that despite the fact that the Pistons are not very good, that fans are still relatively showing up compared to the rest of the league when it comes to average attendance. I think it means big things for him. I think he knows that once this team finally gets a good product on the floor, that number is going to soar through the roof. I wouldn't be surprised if they start selling out every game. Like all they need, all the city needs is a good product and a team to root for. A good team to root for, and they will show up and show out. And I think Cade sees that, and I think it was super cool to hear about or hear him say how proud he is to be a part of this team in this city with this fan base. I thought that was super cool to hear from him. Um, but the other thing that he said that was really interesting for me was that they asked him a question about his jumper, and he said that he's been able to build his jumper from the ground up. He said, quote, when you're in the season, you don't have time to break it down and get it right, which I think goes over a lot of fans' heads. A lot of fans say, oh, we don't see, you know, why aren't you changing things in the, in, during the season? Why don't we see, like, this improvement during the season? Why don't we see you working on this during the season? There's not a lot of practices during the NBA season. There's a lot of back-to-backs. There's a lot of uh, two games in three nights or three games in four nights. Like, it's tough to get, and then if you take into account travel, it's hard to get in a lot of work during the season a lot of the work comes in the offseason when you see a lot of improvement. Now, that does not mean you can't improve during the season. You obviously can. We see it happen all the time. You can still improve, and there's things you can improve on. But things like re- reworking your jump shot, trying to get like a, maybe a higher release on your jump shot, or rework like the base of your jump shot, like that kind of thing, it's just not possible during this. It's, it's rarely possible for you to do that during the regular season. You just don't have enough time for it. It's just it, You just won't be able to. So I think one of the you know, hidden positives. If you want to look at a hidden positive with Cade being out for the season was that he got to rework his jump shot. He had all this season to go back and look at, okay, why is my jump shot being, why is my jump shot flat? Why have I not shot well from beyond the arc? What do I need to change? Or am I getting enough lift on my shot? Is my base right? Do I like my release? Like all that kind of stuff. He went through and he was determined to get this fixed up because Coming into the NBA, everyone thought that he was going to be a lights-out shooter. I still believe he's going to be. His touch is really good. He's able to hit when he's able to hit his shots. He hits a lot of pull-up jumpers, which suggests that he should be able to. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, spread it. I guess. I guess spread's not the right word, but take it farther out. Um, when you're able to hit pull-up jump shots, that usually is something that you can see happening farther out. That's something that you can scale. That's the word I'm looking for. My goodness, scale out. Um, and he's able to do that. So I'm happy that he he was self-aware enough to be like, hey, this is something I need to get done. I need to figure out something. And a lot of guys, I mentioned this on the podcast during the season, or I think it was before the season, that I talked with somebody in the NBA, and they said one of the things about players when when fans are like, 
Why doesn't a player change this jump shot? Why isn't this player a better shooter? Why isn't this? Why isn't that when it comes to jump shooting? And I had someone in the NBA tell me that a lot of NBA players, and deservedly so, are stubborn. They get here, working their tails off, and they've been stars throughout their entire life, and a lot of players are just stubborn. They don't want to change stuff. Now, I think you've seen more players be willing to do that as the years have went on, but a lot of players don't like to change their jump shot. They don't want to change their jump shot. It's what they had their whole life, and they don't change their jumper. A lot of players are just too stubborn to do it. And I think it's really good to hear that Cade is not being stubborn about it. He's fine with people working with his jump shot, critiquing his jump shot, telling him ways he can be better with it, ways that it can improve, and that he's reworking it. So it's going to be interesting to see, and he's going to have the rest of the offseason. He's going to have the rest of this offseason to get working on this jumper. And the jumper is what is keeping Cade back from being just a lights-out player. I think he's going to be a lights-out player nonetheless eventually. But... If you point to one thing that's stopping him, like heading into this season, what we saw at the beginning of this season, the one thing that's stopping him, if he had this, he would he would have been an all-star. He'd be borderline unstoppable. It's his three-point jump, a three-point jump shot. If he improves that, and that's something that he actually took time, and he said he did, trying to rework his jump shot, see what's going wrong, why his jumper has fallen off a little bit from college. In college, he was shooting 40% from deep. It's fallen now to this year in this 11 games. He was shooting 27% um, from deep. Last year, he shot 31% from deep of 5.7 attempts. So I'm happy that he took time out to try to figure out what's going on. And if he's able to add that next year, man, he's going to take the Pistons. I think he could, if he's able to hit outside shots at a really high level, He's going to be an all-star next year. He'll be an all-star easy next year. It's the only thing holding him back. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if this work that apparently he's putting in, if it matters, if it changes anything with his jumper, and if this injury, this shin injury, really was affecting his lift. Because a lot of his shots looked flat and short. So we'll see if all this stuff put together helps him come back next year and really reach his shooting ceiling with the Pistons. I'm really interested to see that, and it's by far the biggest takeaway I had from everything I heard during the exit interviews. Um, what was the biggest thing you guys heard from the exit interviews with the Piston players? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Coming up, we're going to go a little bit NBA-centric before the play-in and the playoffs start. I want to give you guys my predictions for the playoffs. I want to hear your guys' predictions for the playoffs. Who's going to win the championship? Who's coming out the East? Who's coming out the West? Who's winning the play-in games? I'd like to hear all that stuff from you guys before this postseason gets started. Um, at the end of the, We're Pistons fans, but at the end of the day, we're all NBA fans as well. We're basketball fans. So I just want to talk about that with you guys as well. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. Prize Picks, let's say you got the, MB, the the Pistons were still playing, the Lions were still playing. You want to take the over on Jane Ivey's assist, the over on Killian Hayes' assist, and you also want to take the over on Jerry Goff's passing yards or the over on DeAndre Swift's rushing yards. And you can put it into the exact same entry with Prize Picks, and that's why it's my favorite daily fantasy option out there. You pick two to six players to see if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MOB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fancy sports today. 
First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with PrizePix. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. It's super hot right now in Michigan, man. It's like, and super hot for us. It's like, it's like 70 degrees outside. I'm feeling it, man. I'm, oof. It's really hot here. But anyways, Pistons season's over. Playoffs are about to start. So I thought I'd take the last segment of the podcast before the play and the playoffs start and just talk with you guys about what I believe is going to happen in these playoffs. Like I said earlier, we're Pistons fans, but we're also basketball fans. We're NBA fans. We're all going to be watching the playoffs. So I'd like to hear from you guys. Who's going to win the championship? Who's coming out the East? Who's coming out the West? Who's winning these playing games? I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think. Um, but these are my predictions real quickly. So coming out the play, I guess I'll start with the play-in here. The play-in, I think I got... I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take New Orleans beating OKC in the Westerns playing tournament. I really hope Zion comes back at some point, man. I want New Orleans to make the playoffs simply for simply so we can have a chance of seeing Zion. I I really want to see Zion in the playoffs. So I'm gonna go with the Pelicans over OKC. I'm gonna go with LA over Mini Minnesota. LA gets that second or seventh seed, and then I'm gonna get. New Orleans over Minnesota for the 8th seed. So we'll have New Orleans again, the 8th seed in the West. In the East, I'm going to go with a sleeper here. I'm going to go Chicago over Toronto in the play-in tournament. I'm going to go with Heat over Atlanta. Heat will get the 7th seed. And I think Chicago will beat Atlanta to get that 8th seed. And Chicago will be the 8th seed. Then throughout the playoffs, my predictions go as this. And again, I'd like to hear from you guys. Tell me what you, who you guys think are going to win these series and who's going to come out each conference. But this is how I got it going right now. I got Denver beating um, I got Denver beating New Orleans in the first round. I got Memphis beating the Lakers. I got the Kings beating the Warriors. And then I got, oh my God, the Phoenix LA Clippers series is going to be really good. Um, if Paul George is playing, I, I maybe would take the Clippers. But I'm, I don't know when he's coming back, so I'm going to take the Suns there. So I'm going to take the Suns over the Clippers, then the East. I'm going to take Milwaukee over Chicago. I'm going to take Boston over Miami. I'm going to take Philly over Brooklyn. I'm going to take Cleveland over New York. Moving on to the next round, I am going to take Phoenix over Denver in the second round. Then I will take Memphis over Sacramento in the second round. So you got Phoenix and Memphis meeting in the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion. And then the East, I'm going to have Milwaukee over Cleveland. And then I'm going to take Boston over over Philly, and I think we're going to get a rematch between Milwaukee and Boston in the conference finals in the East, and then I'm going to take Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals to represent the East, and then I'm going to take, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I'm going to take Memphis to represent the West. I think the health issues with Phoenix, I can't trust at this point that everyone would be healthy at the Western Conference Finals with KD's injury history, CP3's injury history, Devin Booker's injury history. Also, they're very top-heavy. They don't have a lot of depth, so I don't think they're going to be coming out the West. I don't believe they will. And in this scenario, with Golden State getting matched up with Sacramento, that's a tough matchup. So I think Sacramento is going to beat them in there. 
So that is going to leave me with Memphis. If, if Golden State was able to get Memphis, I probably would have Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. But I don't think they're going to beat Sacramento. Um, despite Sacramento's defense not being that great, they have one of the best offenses in the NBA history. Actually, the best offense in NBA history. So anyways, I'm going to have Memphis coming out the West. I'm going to have Milwaukee coming out the East. And then I'm going to have Milwaukee winning the NBA championship. And Giannis getting a second MVP, our finals MVP, and his ch- second championship ring as well let me know what you guys think about that prediction those predictions i have in the playoffs you guys think i'm crazy you guys think i'm on who do you guys think are going to be representing the east and west the playing games are are on the 11th it's going to be a lot of fun who do you guys think is going to come out to play in let me know in the comment section down below or actually let me know are you guys even going to be watching the playoffs are you guys just pistons fans that as soon as the Pistons season's over you guys stop watching or are you guys really excited for these playoffs let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on twitter at kukahill that's all I've got for you guys today. Again, we've got a ton of stuff we'll be talking about. We're going to be getting into season recaps in this week and going into next week. We're going to get into coaching, head coaching candidates, diving a little bit deeper into some guys. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be diving into draft prospects. We'll be having some scouts onto the podcast. We'll be having our very own Richard Stamen. We'll try to get Rafael Barlow on the podcast. We'll get Bryce on the podcast. We'll get Hal on the podcast. We'll get Dope on the podcast. We're going to be having a lot of guys on the podcast to talk with us about the draft and these draft prospects. We have a ton of stuff this offseason to talk about, and that's not even taken into account. Free agency, pet, potential trades. Got, we're already hearing some rumblings about some stars wanting out. Could the Pistons be in play for all that stuff? So much stuff we're going to be talking about over the next few months. Stay tuned to the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Stay safe, enjoy the play-in games, and peace out.